You're listening to episode 73 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. She's got, She's skills. got skills. My name's Terry Fisher, and here's the deal. Voice technology is changing so fast, and I'm trying my best to keep up with it. I'm here to learn everything I can about Alexa, so you and I can figure her out, and so we can make our lives more organized, relaxed, stress-free, and even have some fun. Let's learn some skills. Hello, welcome to episode 73. It's great to have you along. As I promised last week, today I have a special guest who heads up a Canadian company, Botmock. They are all about making voice design easy for you. And not only do they allow you to publish voice skills to Lexi, but they also cover the voice, the chatbot uh, landscape, if you will. So their platform allows you to, yes, get it onto Lexi, get it onto Google, get it onto Facebook Messenger, uh, get it onto many, many platforms, as Obeid will talk about. So my special guest today is Obeid Ahmed. He is the founder and CEO of Botmock. And we get into a discussion particularly about voice design. How do you start to create a good voice experience? Whether it's True Voice or a chatbot, we cover it all. And he even gives us a great example of how diving in and creating these experiences can increase engagement. But I won't give that away. That has to do with a Canadian organization and how they used the platform. So let's get right into it here, okay? Without any further ado, I want to welcome Obeid Ahmed from Botmock onto the podcast. Hey there, Obeid. Welcome to the Alexa in Canada podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you join myself and the listeners here this morning. Pleasure to be here, Terry. I want to talk about voice design with you today. And before we get into that, though, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background, who you are, um, and maybe how you got interested in voice to begin with. Absolutely. So I have a background in mathematics uh, from university, and uh, I got into programming while I was at university and then started building a lot of software, worked at BlackBerry uh, and then IBM with a lot of consumer-facing products, and um, then started my own consulting firm where I helped a lot of startups build MVPs and launch them. Um, Voice came into my picture around 2016 when Alexa, when I bought my first Echo device from US and brought it to Canada. So I kind of like felt like I was gaming the system, but I really wanted to give it a try. Uh-huh. And um, and it, re- it was it was one of those devices which piqued my curiosity as well as uh, frustration when you start using it to see why doesn't it work the way they advertise it, and the promise was there. So we, we started looking into voice and you know solving that problems of what can we do to build better voice uh, application or how can we use this device better in our daily lives, and um, kind of got obsessed with it. And that's that's often what I've heard. People try it and they see some of the potential of it, and then that's what uh, gets them really excited about it. Uh, but obviously, I'm sure in those early days there were a lot of limitations. And 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 you sort of alluded to this, but I want to mention this to our audience. You are uh, based out of Canada, and which is fantastic. So it's great to hear uh, about a, a good company that's doing some 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 work in Canada. Yeah. So we are based out of Ottawa, Canada, um, in the capital. And uh, as it turns out, when Alexa in Canada was launched, well, Alexa was launched in Canada, uh, the team was sitting in Ottawa too, which I found out, to my dismay, very, very late. Oh, so, yeah. 
<laughs> well, they're here now, and as you know, things are improving in Canada. I know one of the big frustrations for Canadians is that we don't have the same sort of feature set as as uh, the Americans have at this point, but things are gradually improving. But anyway, I digress here. Let's get back to you and, and your company. So you started Botmock. So what is Botmock? Tell us a little bit about the company. Absolutely. So Botmock is a wireframing tool for anybody who's building conversational apps. So essentially what we have set out to do is to help companies, brands, individuals, designers build better experiences for people on the other side of it, which are consuming conversational apps through devices like Alexa or through mediums like Slack or Facebook Messenger. Um, So our tool enables you to not just map out the the experience, but also test it out, do usability testing, do your design iteration, do your design work properly, and then work with your developers to deliver that exceptional experience all the way through. So, so the first thing there that 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 caught my attention is that this is not simply just for Alexa, although certainly you can design for Alexa, but you cover a lot of different platforms. Absolutely, we cover about ten different platforms right now, and uh, we keep on adding more and more as the sort of the platforms grow. And as I said, we do everything from voice to text to enterprise and consumer. So we have quite a breadth of solutions that we offer, and um, but the the, the General principle around building for voice and for text sort of remains same. You use those principles differently, um, but it's a, it's amazing how how these rules can be applied in different mediums. That's great. Um, so let's let's get into that. Like maybe maybe first of all, like how does how does one if they want to get started in voice uh, or or texting chatbot you know chatbots for that matter. What are some of the key principles that you would tell some people that are using your platform? How do they get started? Yeah, so that's a good question. So what we what we usually recommend is to start building your happy paths, right? So you start a project on Botmog, you can actually start writing down some of the scripts uh, and flowcharts on what experience do you want your users to have. So think like your users, not like your system. And don't worry about how you're going to deliver that experience, how you know the AI layers and all that fun stuff around it, they come later on. First, we recommend you try to figure out what is it that your user will be saying, how will they be interacting, what value can they get out of it. And then from there on, you can actually add more pizzazz to it and, and figure out you know, what else can you do, what, what other things can you offer. We recommend focusing on, depending on the medium you choose, so if you're doing Y-Space, you know, there's this limited cognitive ability for people to remember things. So, uh, being able to get to the point quickly, being able to get to them to the wow factor quickly matters. On the text space, you have the ability to use certain things like buttons, quick replies, uh, especially in multimodal on Google Assistant. You get to use both sides of the world, and you can you can leverage that with uh, with some writing some sample uh, flowcharts. And then once you have something like that. Test it out. Send it to your colleagues. Send it to your network, and say, "Hey, if you were to have this kind of Alexa skill, what do you think?" And they can give you feedback very early on and say, "Hey, this was really awesome. This would be awesome to have more." Or they can give you a, a negative feedback, saying that, "Hey, I didn't get this. I don't. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here." And then from there, you can actually start building again the right experience for your customer. So, just to clarify, so when you say you send it out to your colleagues to test. Are you, do you recommend that it's already you've sort of built a prototype of that, or do you recommend sending out just the voice dialogue written down? Uh, so for for us, uh, we don't send them a written dialogue. So we kind of send them a preview in audio. So 
the audio preview that they will get is both sides of the conversation. Um, uh, and they can even interact with that in, uh, with that prototype that you've built, just like they would be doing it against an Alexa device. Um, but you don't have to like spend hours and hours in coding that experience out. I see. I see. So you, and so you can do this all within your platform. What you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so what people were trying to do, good good designers have already been doing this in sort of physical space. So they would actually get two people to stand up in front of everybody and then read the dialogue out um, in an interactive format and then get people to actually give them feedback on it. Uh, we think we can actually take that experience and scale it to your bigger network and get more feedback for you. Okay, so you can begin to iterate on on your initial dialogue flows and then develop those uh, and build them out further based on the feedback that you're getting, if I'm understanding you correctly. Absolutely, absolutely. That's great. And because you've got different platforms that your system can tap into, does that change how people develop the voice flow or does it, do people have to think differently for one platform versus another? What do you recommend people to do in that case? Absolutely. So uh, we, we have seen this across pretty much all of our users right now where when they're designing for Facebook Messenger and then they switch to voice or they're designed for voice and then switch to other medium, um, they try to apply the same conversation principles or same conversation text, context around it. Um, and that usually doesn't work. People who are interacting with you on Facebook Messenger have a different sense of urgency, different demographic, different needs. Um, have the ability to scroll up and get information that you told them before or earlier in the conversation. Uh, whereas on voice, it's usually shorter sort of session lengths, more connected, more in uh, in the zone. They want the information right now. They don't have the ability to recall a lot of information. So you, as a designer, you have to you have to design your conversation to fit that mental model for the user. And uh, in enterprise modes like Microsoft Teams or Slack, um, you might you might have users who are okay with a lot of information coming towards them because they understand that they understand that this is a business use case. Uh, so you have to like look at your users in that context and then be able to design that experience. So I usually give this example to people where you know if you're building a pizza ordering bot, uh, you can use on Facebook Messenger you can actually use carousels to show a lot of information packed up uh, in a nicely in nice format that they can scroll through and then decide which one option to pick. Whereas yeah. on Alexa, you can look at them and say, here are all of our specials, and then list out like five, six different uh, options for them because they don't remember what the first one was. Uh, by the time you're done. So you have to use those uh, device, those environments properly to devise your experience. And so how does this practically work with Botmock and your platform? Say somebody wants to do this. What does that look like to them? They log in, I'm assuming they create an account, and what happens next? So then they can, uh, they just like they would do on um, Visio or Lucidcharts or any flowchart diagram build, building tool, they get to use all the building blocks for that particular platform uh, to build out the conversation. So what did the user say? What did the bot say? And then things like, um, what other way the bot can reply back. So, you know, if Facebook Messenger's case, we support all the templates directly for you, so it's very visual. Um, and then you can start testing out from there. And as you progress, you can even add things like entities, intents, being able to run a little bit of AI so you can remember information. Uh, you can use that information throughout your uh, bot experience and then really test it out from there and collaborate with your team members. So you can invite them in to document, just like you would do on Google Docs, 
and they can actually give you feedback directly in the document. Fantastic. Now, would you say that this is more of a tool for a beginner, for an advanced user, someone in the middle, or would it really be applicable to everybody? So it's um, it's designed to be for somebody uh, who is intermediate, who understands a little bit about the about chatbots. Uh, we are constantly working on having those uh, additional templates to start off with for beginners. Uh, but if you have been thinking about or been building a chatbot, and and most of them have been doing that in dialogue flows or lucid charts or anything like that, um, then they would not feel that out of place with our solution. And as you use it, as we build it in a way that you can use it for simple use cases, and then you can use it for complicated use cases, and it, the tool kind of grows with you. Great, and and it is essentially a graphical uh, interface, as you've described. So there's not there's not so much coding as there is per se pulling out blocks and creating a flowchart. Absolutely. So there's absolutely zero coding required in our platform, right? So we we do not need any coding to actually get a prototype up and running. Uh, in your in your space, but when when the time is right and you want to actually de develop uh, further on that prototype and deploy it, we have API tools and handover tools for your developers to come in and extract things out of it into code. Fantastic. Are you able to share a couple of use cases or examples of things that have been created with your uh, with your platform that highlight some of the, the features? Uh, yeah, so we we have a breadth of customers, uh, different sort of customers from healthcare, and then that's all the way enterprise, enter, entertainment, uh, travel, and all that ones. Uh, um, actually, one of the Canadian ones that I can give you is the, the Canadian Blood Services actually has a bot on their Facebook page uh, that was entirely designed prototype using BotMoth, oh, and uh, the thing that they were struggling with was, again, the question of what do we build on Facebook Messenger, right? Um, as you might know, about two years ago or so, when Facebook kind of really doubled down on Messenger, um, they took away the option for page owners to disable Message Me button completely. So these are, this organization was getting a lot of people sending messages on Facebook Messenger, but they didn't want replying to them because they didn't really have a team and resources to actually monitor it. And then one of the teams over there prototyped the experience on BotMark on what that experience could look like if they were to implement a bot on the other side of it. And what they found is that um, people just wanted information, so they built an information delivery mechanism through Facebook Messenger. So you would start messaging it and it would say things like, hey, I can tell you about the nearest place where you can donate blood, or if you have any questions around how do I donate blood, when can I donate blood? How old do I have to be? And all the FAQ kind of questions, but more interactive. Um, that was their first release of it. And then they tried out something called Stories, which was actually a really interesting concept. Uh, as, a, as you engage with the bot, the bot would ask you, based on some of the information that you already provided with it, um, if you want to follow along or if you want to hear about somebody else who needed blood uh, or somebody else who gave blood and saved somebody and their story. Wow. Um, media pieces that they were doing on uh, on as an article format, but their team was able to take that content and sort of break it into small chunks of interactive content. And they saw their engagement skyrocket. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that enabled them to do that, again, is to they were able to prototype these things, design these things better, 
understand what the user is doing and do it in an iterative process. It's like, just like any software, any piece of software. It's not going to be one day you write it out and that's it, you let it go. Uh, it's always an iterative process. You learn something, you come back to your design and say, okay, what else can we do to make it better? Or what are we really not doing better? How can we improve it? Uh, so they did that. Um, the, uh, the other side of that is a lot of the content that you want to put out in these cases, sometimes they need to be vetted out in terms of um, can you show it in this context? Can you give certain piece of information to somebody on Messenger who might be less than 18 years old age? You know, uh, you know, you can you can address those issues very quickly. So I mean, those are those are the kind of examples that people have been building, uh, and these things are uh, are getting more and more mainstream as we grow now. Right, I, that's a great example. I love that example, the Canadian Blood Services, and I can totally see how when you start to share stories that you, that increases the engagement. As as you know, I mean, that's when you tell stories, people become so much more interested uh, in in what's going on, and and I'm sure with with things like how you can save somebody's life or how you can or somehow somebody's life was saved, that that's just tremendous. So that's a really really nice example. You know, when you when you start to store some information in the whether it's through the voice interaction or the or the bots, can you talk a little bit about like where does that information go if you're using your platform? Where is that stored? So we store all of the information on our end. Uh, we don't actually connect with the end platform at all. When you, when you do testing and everything, everything is done through our own proprietary systems behind the scene. Uh, but everything is safe and secure uh, on the cloud. Uh, we don't take any content information and share it with anybody else. Uh, uh, we, don't, we, we don't run any analysis on that part. So, uh, but we, we wanna make sure that all the design iterations are as fast as possible. And to make that happen, we really reduce the the constraints on the designer to figure out, you know, how to connect your Amazon developer account or how to connect with your Facebook page and all the things. Uh, we get you to start designing and testing right in the browser right away. That's great. And physically, like, is is the information stored in Canada or is it somewhere in the United States? So we have, yeah, we have servers in Canada. We have a few servers in uh, in Europe, and then we have a few servers in U.S. as well. But we route information according to, uh, for our general tool available online, it's depending on where you are, the closest one that would serve you. But if you are an enterprise customer, we can actually customize a managed service for you that works within the constraints that you might have. Oh, that's interesting. Because as you'll know, like depending on what information you're, you're, uh, you're wanting to store, I come from a healthcare field, uh, one of the things is where the information is being stored physically and so it'd be interesting to to know that you have the option of storing things in canada if that's what you want to do absolutely yeah we, we are working with our partners um in in toronto and other places which can provide us good scalable hosting and, um, and we have some enterprise customers who have actually asked us to actually have a managed instance for them in europe only and in canada only or in u.s only based on where they are Great, great. So, what is the what does the future look like for Botmock here? Do you do you can you share a little what's what what are the next sort of stages here? What's in the pipe here as you continue to go forward here? Yeah, so a couple of things. Uh, we are really uh, doubling down on the design side of things. So, usability testing, being able to test these things, uh, not just within your team but <clears throat> broadly outside of it. And uh, when we talk about testing from our perspective, it's like there's a lot of data that you get back when somebody else interacts with your prototype, from transcripts to length of sessions to how they say things and all the things matter to the designers. 
so bring that information back. Multimodal is another one that we are sort of really focused on. Being able to design your voice experiences, not just for Alexa or Echo Show or you know smart displays from from Google Assistant, but also within your cars, within your home appliances, and all of the places where voice will play a big role now, along with the screen. So we're building the next phase of our technology to help designers sort of work in that kind of model space right now. That's great. So just to be clear, so currently you can't do the multimodal stuff, but that's on, that's in development right now. That's in uh, development right now. We have a first version of it that's in early preview with some beta customers, right. but um, we'll be publicly launching it soon. Well, Obeid, th- thanks so much for sharing some of the information about BotMock. It's really exciting. I think for people that are looking at ways to really delve into chatbots and voice and looking for a, a, you know, a single solution where they can do all of that, it sounds like this is a perfect, perfect example of a platform that, that's going to make their lives <laughs> quite a bit easier. So congratulations on that. Where can people go to learn more about what you're doing or try BotMock um, and otherwise just see what it's all about? Yeah, the best place is on our website. So botmog.com has all the information you need. Uh, we have a 15-day trial. So if you are even thinking about something, just give it a try. Give us feedback. We're always uh, happy to hear. Fantastic. Well, again, thanks so much for, for coming on the podcast. Uh, it's really nice to be able to speak with somebody who's got a company that's based in Canada uh, for our Canadian listeners. And I encourage all the listeners to go and check it out for sure. Um, I've looked into it, I've looked into it a little bit myself, and it looks very, very impressive. And I'm going to have to start playing around with that a little bit more. So um, thank you very, very much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And um, I hope we'll be able to talk again soon. All right. Thank you. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you are looking at getting into creating some of these experiences that Obeyed has just uh, elaborated on for you, then I highly recommend you to check out BotMock. It's a one-stop shop for all of your voice bot and voice needs. So check it out. Of course, the links for this episode will be available at alexaincanada.ca slash 73. Have a great week. I look forward to bringing you next week's podcast. And the biggest compliment that you can give is, of course, sharing the podcast. So if you know somebody that would be interested in this episode, then please go ahead and share the uh, podcast episode. And uh, I thank you very much for that. All right. Have a great week. Talk to you again very soon. She's got skills.